0: And now, live from Studio One in Castle Bar, it's the Jack McDonald Show. Yes, you are very welcome back to the Jack McDonald Show here on FM. of course we are here for just about another month, every Monday Monday through Thursday, you can you can of course text the program at 087-935-0043 or email studio at crcfm.ie Now a packed uh, program, as I promised and have delivered, there is a second nudist on the program just one week and we have managed to get two nudists, so uh, yes, I don't know what that says about this program other than that we seem to be edging towards words somewhat of a nudist propaganda camp but anyway uh, of course we will be talking to Kate Turner who herself is a nudist she will tell us all about why she got into nudism or naturism um, uh, just uh, coming up a little later on and of course also she details a very bizarre cycle that apparently the nudists are engaging in nowadays and it's actually coming up so if any of you have a helmet uh, lying around that sounds about all you need maybe a bike uh, you know you can head down to Cork, and all the details are in there as well. And we are will also be speaking or have been speaking to Kira and Kevin. Kevin all the way over in Albania, still uh, p- plotting her along And Kira, who I believe I don't know where she is. She, she was in Kerry. She's back now. She tells us a lot to talk about. A lot of the dating dilemmas uh, kind of covered and um, some other avenues explored. As is always, I would uh, you should um, yeah keep an eye out for all of those things, Uh, Kevin never fails to disappoint with his double entendres and all of that stuff is coming up uh, just in a little while. Of course music as well, some great music if anybody has a music song that they'd like played, a music selection. We once had uh, somebody who was a makeup artist, recently a makeup artist, they text into the station, we delivered a song to them. I think they didn't know which program would be delivering their song and I would assume switched off before they even had the song played but anyway uh, that's what you get with this program. Firstly, uh, to the news, we've got Lizzo. You know Lizzo? The, and I say this because it's context to the story. The grossly overweight singer who by many is hailed as somewhat of a champion um, for, I suppose, body positivity. All of these kind of uh, terms that are thrown around. Well, uh, she has had to go on Instagram just today to dispel a rumor and this i think really should be healthy ireland's main campaign just these 22 seconds will tell you all you need to know
1: so i've seen a lot of annoying things about me on the internet but the thing that bothers me the most is this rumor that i stage dived at a concert and killed somebody like that rumor it's a fly first of all i've never stage dived in my life and bitch how like Kill somebody
0: y'all really going to put that on my motherfucking name y'all really going to put that on my motherfucking name i mean if anybody out there is uh, perhaps you're you're looking at uh, your recently opened packet of uh, tato crisps just throw them away i mean certainly if you get to the point where when you stage dive right when you stage dive you are at risk of potentially killing somebody that you uh, might have to I, that they might have to get identified by their dental records the following day Like, come on, you know, uh, when you have to respond to that rumor, that's a rumor nobody ever wants to respond, even if you're in and out of the public sector, or or the public eye, rather. I mean, you know, even if you work in, say, Baxter or something like that, and they say, uh, John, yeah, can we just have a word with you? Yeah, somebody's saying you killed someone when you jumped off the factory line yesterday. Not something you want to be associated with. Next up... There is this uh, video going around of a judo uh, competitor uh, getting ready for I suppose their judo battle or competition or whatever their judo meet and we see quite a uh, vigorous uh, kind of I suppose pre-fight pre ritual as apparently uh, it's being shared online quite a bit. It's basically the coach essentially <laughs> knocks this woman for 10. I mean uh the The video illustrates it much more than a humble radio can, but essentially he uh, kind of shakes her around and then slaps her both sides of the head and off she goes and she kind of go, you know she kind of nods as if yes, this is what I need to win the competition um so if anybody out there has ever had an experience like that, maybe your own uh, warm up routines are similar to that, why not contact the program? I suspect very few will have had and next next up of course we have this whole Wayne Rooney situation Wayne Rooney is a, um, he's a dog, really, I mean, you know, these the scandals that he has found himself embroiled in would certainly lean towards that light. Well, anyway, um, he has been spotted now, The now he's a Derby City manager, yes, he's, or Derby County, rather, he's a Derby County manager. He was spotted, you know, of course, they had Freedom Day in the UK, well, just, a, I believe, just a few days after Freedom Day, Wayne Rooney seems to have had his own freedom as he was spotted in a hotel room. Room, uh, rather pictured in a hotel room with two young women. Uh, he was actually passed out asleep on a chair in his tracksuit bottoms. Uh, he, but uh, that that clip, that video went around. It uh, went quite, um, yes, quite viral. Unfortunately for Wayne, um, and now the the wo- the woman who shared wa- the clip has actually sold the copyright to Wayne Rooney for just one euro. But it really didn't reverse the damage. Ex England star Wayne Rooney was pictured snoozing. And fully clothed, while sitting upright on a bedroom chair in the early hours of Sunday morning in a Manchester hotel, he, of course, as I say, pictured in a bizarre scenario—one that uh, very few want to, yeah, want to be seen in—and I think his it, it uh, his misery compounded when we we heard that uh, the wife and kids were actually on holidays, which is why he was in the hotel room of some mysterious women, but. Uh, now the Sun have done a, I I mean, it's a fantastic piece. It's so bizarre and out there, but it is fantastic. Basically, they uh, brought in a body expert to assess assess a picture of Colleen Rooney, of course Wayne Rooney's wife, after this scandal has broke. And it's um, it's the most uh, it's the most ridiculous. They say. Uh, Colleen Rooney determined to enjoy beach holidays with Wayne and kids amid drama. And apparently this is the verdict of their body language expert who uh, deciphers the one picture of Colleen Rooney who looks a little stern. Um, and yeah, th- this is what they have Kind of, I suppose, as I say, discerned from the whole drama that uh, Colleen, as I say, exclusive. Body language expert Judy James says Colleen Rooney appears determined to carry on her staycation with her sons in the face of Wayne Rooney's latest drama. I would say that uh, this person needs to be, uh, if this is the official body language expert, you need to get a new body language expert, she... I mean, uh, uh, defiant Colleen Rooney decided it was, quote, business as usual as she chose to continue her family holiday with her husband, Wayne, while her husband, Wayne, deals with his latest scandal back home. Uh, She... Yeah, determined is a bizarre uh, definition for this body language expert. I would say Pissed would be, a profic- uh, would be a proficient and official title to give. As I say, Wayne Rooney sold those pictures now by the person that took them. The copyright for just one, yeah, one euro. Uh, let's see, final, uh, second, second last story. There is another one of these home raffles. So you remember we've covered these on the program before these are basically where people list their gaff up online and you can buy uh, tickets in the raffle and you can yeah you can yeah you can get get access to the house well this uh, guy Brian C- Callahan uh, hopes to raffle off his stunning they describe it as a stunning four bed I mean it's it's in an estate is what it is it's not a stunning four bed it's a fine it's a modest house located in the wild atlantic way in a bid to quote change the system while raising vital funds for Pieta house my question though is how what would a homeless person on the street and maybe drug addict or just simply down on their luck what they're it's very unlikely that they're going to spend the 23 quid that they haven't spent on either smack or, um, you know, the, the food that they need to stay alive, uh, you know, some sort of shelter or whatever or that hasn't been stolen from them by other homeless gangs. Uh, that they're going to, you know, navigate to Facebook, somehow use I would, I would, what I would have to assume as a, a visa card to actually, you know, submit the application or, or buy the ticket, purchase the ticket. Who knows, maybe there is a physical location to buy these tickets. But, yeah, I, I would say it's very unlikely that uh, this is going to set some sort of big blow to uh, homelessness. But hey, you know, at at the very least, it's an interesting way that people are selling off the old homes these days. Uh, Certainly something I I just couldn't see myself raffling off my home. Uh, You know, uh, hey, Dad, do you want to buy a ticket? No, I don't. Sell, you know, go and get a property agent and sell your house. Stop uh, raffling it off like it's bingo night. Uh, Okay, final one. There's apparently uh, this, you know, you know. We often I I like to have a kind of a big big brother watch on this program, as I believe that uh, some of the things that we see are quite uh, quite concerning when it comes to freedom and autonomy. Well, uh, there's another red flag in the big brother watch because coalition to combat online misinformation about vaccines. This is according to the Irish Times. The Taoiseach has uh, signalled intention to fight spread of alarming uh, data as jabs rolled out for the youth. Essentially, the government will seek to fight the online spread of misinformation on coronavirus vaccines as the jabs are rolled out to younger people, the Taoiseach has said. As the vaccine programme extends to cover 12 to 18-year-olds, Mr uh, Martin has uh, has said that uh, has said the advice to government is that The inoculations are safe. He encourages blah, 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 blah. blah. But essentially, the headline here is that he has said that... uh that uh, the government are to start, um, he, he start looking into ways of curbing mis- mis- quote, misinformation. He said, this gives us some degree of confidence in terms of the rollout. Uh, he said, we will be looking specifically at countering misinformation on social media uh, that may be targeted at young people. Increasingly, there is a sense it happen- uh, that it is happening out there online. So we are uh, constantly reassessing our communications around COVID, around vaccines, and that is something that we will be focusing on. So essentially they are looking into finding ways of curbing uh, information online and you know I've followed um, this, I've followed kind of what Michal wants and I've gone and burnt down the library Um, and I'm going to just keep burning down libraries because you know uh, why have any information out there? I think this is yet again another bizarre how th- this becomes the constant focus, these anti-vaxxers and blah, 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 like what you're going to do, you're going to spend uh, days and weeks hunting down John 42 online and, you know, you, you barge through his mother's gaff and you go down into the basement and you, you cuff him up and, uh, what, you, you relocate the 42 cats that he's adopted. Like, it's just bizarre. We've added nine ICU beds, uh, roughly, uh, reportedly, according to the examiner, in the last year, but the this is the focus, misinformation online, all this mm <laughs> kind of stuff, it's very concerning that uh, constantly the and you know, I think anybody out there who uh, was potentially considering the vaccine, and I've seen a lot of this sentiment on out on out there online uh, whatever you think of the vaccine, if you were considering it, surely this doesn't make you more bullish and more determined that the vaccine is what you want it to be, I mean, you know, when, when they are kind of, when the focus is uh, stopping communication around it and what they would describe as misinformation and blah blah Blah, blah, blah but when the when the focus is curbing conversation around it and curbing I suppose op- opposing views to it surely that doesn't make you go ah oh, yeah stick that in, in me there that that's what I want what uh, you know you you censor things online or, or well, like, certainly make the right noises that you have intent to do so it doesn't like make it does that doesn't make people more confident in the vaccine you know all of the stuff they've done after it if they just released it fair enough but all of the advertising campaigns all of those things makes myself way more skeptical about it you know from the the advertising that they probably publish out out there just generally you know online or or the various traditional methods to some of the more recent stuff and more the more as i say you know, the the concern should be the nine ICU beds you reportedly added, not the, you know, not five or six people in Finglas who have some alternate views on it. It's, as I say, it's always bizarre. But a man who may share some of my sentiments is Bob Dylan, who we will queue up now. As I say, if you have any thoughts, if uh, the head of Pfizer is out there, why not contact the program at studio at crcfm.ie? Indeed, if Micheal Martin is listening, 87 935 go 43 Milo we will get to you as i say uh, bob dylan coming up just now uh, we'll be back after this well you are very welcome back to the show now A topic that was already covered last week was naturism or nudism where people throw off their kit and enjoy what they would consider, I suppose, the natural way of life. A lot of people are into this and it's grown hugely over the last 12 to 16 months. We spoke, of course, to Stephen last week, but I wanted to get another perspective on this. So that's right, two naturists or nudists in one week. Kate, thanks so much for doing this.
2: Hi, how's it going? No problem.
0: Great. Now, Kate, if I could ask you, how did you get into naturism?
2: I don't really remember, but I've always been one to kind of be comfortable with my body. Um, I'd say it probably would have started with body painting. And from there, I went through uh, to the INA, the Irish Naturist Association, so from body painting.
0: Was it a big jump to, I mean, was any of those things a big jump getting your kit off at any of those points? Was it scary, anxious? Stephen didn't seem to be at all uh, perturbed by the idea, but I think the listening public would be quite concerned about, you know, uh, showing, bearing all of what they have to the world.
2: Yeah, no, I'd agree with that, and I've seen it, and I've helped so many people through it, not just with the body painting, but also with naturism itself. But, like, when you think about it, we all are pretty much just bodies at the end of the day. We only have, like, very few uh, differences. Um, We both have nipples. Fine. Fair enough. Um, It just seems that women are more sexualized than men because we have mammary glands. And men would be more kind of... Unwilling to uh, strip off their lower half because they'd be worried about size or girth or whatever. Like I don't know how um, how to describe that from my point of view, but to be honest, it doesn't matter and it shouldn't matter. Everyone has their own body history, so they might have scars, they might have acne, they might have fat, they might be too skinny. Like it just it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters anyway.
0: What do kind of people you know think of this uh, style of life or this hobby? Were your parents, people like that, were they supportive when you told them that this was your latest interest?
2: Yes, of course, because I have so, so many different interests and always have done over the years. I'll pretty much give everything a good go. And if I like it, I'll stick with it.
0: Stephen talked about maybe some of the dangers, you know, people snapping up pictures and stuff like that. And I suppose, uh, you know, for a man, it's one thing, but certainly for a woman, they're probably the the onlookers and the kind of maybe the uh, vultures out there on the beach. I suppose maybe you have to be a little bit more concerned than the average naturist
2: concerned is not a word that i would use personally because uh god knows how many naked photos of me are on the internet anyway ones that i've put up let alone ones that other people have taken of me with my consent in like photo shoots and stuff like that but yeah i'd say there's probably quite a lot of candid photos that i'm not aware of floating around into webs possibly on porn sites i don't give a shit (laughs)
0: it does that doesn't bother you
2: no not at all
0: Wow, wow. I, certainly, I'm sure many people out there would not be in the same kind of, I suppose, a free expression or, or free. Do, do you find that naturism or nudism, what do you find it gives you in just in your general life, in your working life, in your personal life? Does it help you in certain ways?
2: Um, Confidence, mostly. Um. I'm a very active person. Yes, I'm privileged enough to have a great physique, very kind of athletic physique, and I take care of my body as much as I can. Um, But really, I would say, it's kind of just another run-of-the-mill thing for me. It's kind of here nor there. I've gotten used to it so much now. Um, The lads in work know I am the only girl in the whole company in my current job at the minute. Um, which is landscaping uh, so that's a fairly physical job and they can see that I'm up to the job and they can see that I don't mind bearing my legs if it's a really hot day and we have had really hot days recently and yes I have gotten burnt.
0: Mm-hmm. I, but, think, um, I think we've all got burnt, but it's interesting that you talk about work because I wonder as just, you know, any naturist or nudist, would it be a difficult, you know, would a bank or something like that maybe look down on it? Of course, we hear more and more about background checks, and I'm sure when I go for maybe more of a normal job, this show won't uh, particularly help me in many regards but who cares do you have a similar attitude is it um, is it ever concerning do, is it a story commonly told within nudist or naturist circles that uh, this bank or this professional entity has looked into my past and they threw you know they threw out the job application because of the hobby
2: yeah it's not something that i've come across but i have heard stories from people that i would know uh, through the ina and yeah it's really crappy really when you think about it it shouldn't matter in a professional capacity what someone does on their own time in their own way um it's like saying what you what you do outside of work is your own business that should stand and it should be enforced and when it comes to things like finances saying someone can't have a loan for a completely unrelated topic to naturism, like that baffles me, really. It just baffles me because why should it be held against you? It's like why should anything be really held against you, in my opinion? Um, You are your own person. You have freedom of expression. It's not illegal. Um, Cork would be more liberal in the sense that we can hold the naked bike ride there which is an annual event but Dublin won't let us for some for some reason it's just I don't know maybe it's not as safe or not as willing to let someone cycle around naked
0: well let's hear let's hear about that that's a very interesting to cycle around naked is a very interesting I mean uh, is it is it a long uh, ride around the place what's what's the actual practical elements of cycling with nothing on around Cork
2: we cycle from a facility on the outskirts of the, of the city. We cycle through the main streets, around, and, and the you get on the outside and back into that facility.
0: Is there so, yeah, a yeah? All in, of the
2: main thoroughfares do is, see us. Is
0: there a support in Cork? Do, would people ever throw things at you? Is there kind no, of parades? No, never
2: thrown anything at us. No, no. We've had the odd heckle or something like that, but mostly it's been supportive and little bit of crack people just go oh jesus well fair play to you love and i'm like yeah thanks but me myself i wasn't naked i was wearing body paint at the time whereas other people did actually go starkers well
0: okay wow well, well if anybody out there is is it coming up or have we already missed the naked cycle at, for the this end
2: year? Of, at the end of august i think it's the last week in august
0: that'd be a very interesting you'd have to be quite brave but it would be a very interesting thing. Uh, Kate, I wonder from your own perspective, obviously as somebody who would be somewhat of an advocate for the INA, is there any negatives you have experienced personally from naturism or nudism?
2: Personally, no, I haven't. Um, I have heard of situations where there's been approaches made uh, between members and had it it has made them uncomfortable and yes i've had my fair share of interest from some of the male community but nothing untoward thankfully nothing untoward towards me
0: would it be considered a faux pas within the naturist organization to to yeah to intermingle with the the other naturists
2: well no if consenting adults um That this is what they're going to do Then fair enough But if someone makes an advance And the person who's in receipt of that advance Doesn't feel the same Well then it's up to that person Who made the advance to back off Because we won't stand for it We won't stand for any type of abuse
0: Finally Kate I'm wondering for people out there That would like to get involved In naturism Would you have any words of wisdom Words of advice Maybe buy a bike it sounds in the next month
2: yes if you do have a bike look up the the world's naked bike ride um join the closed members group of the, I, the INA and join the the like page for the INA as well
0: well there you go and uh, I would just
2: say just go for it we're all in in our birthday suits we all have scars we all have stretch marks we all have body issues like I'm not 100 happy with my body I don't think anyone ever will be but I'm quite proud enough of it to show it
0: well there you go. That was an excellent account from our second nudist in one week. I think we must be the only radio program in the country to be uh, doing this, but a very fascinating subject. Kate Turner, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll be back after this.
1: Nice haircut, Jackie. Joining the army.
0: I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I wanted to, get, wanted to go a little bit more radical. What you don't you don't like it.
1: Oh, uh, I got a bad haircut here, but I look like a bit of a Nazi. But I think I'll go well. time.
0: See, Kira, Kira loves my haircut.
3: Oh, no, I wasn't talking
0: about you. But... Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Right>. we, <laughs> we have to start the program now. We have to start the program. Okay. <laughs> he just did in. Uh, right. You are very welcome back to the Jack McDonald Show here on C or CFM. I've got Kevin and I've got Kira both on the line. Now, Kira is a big fan of my haircut and Kevin has got his own haircut. Uh, both of you, how are you doing?
3: Very good. I'm very good.
0: Uh, now, firstly, I suppose we'll go to Kira this time. Last time we spoke, you had just touched down in Kerry. You were something like three hours there. How did your trip to Kerry go?
3: Oh, I was literally in Kerry for like 12 hours and then I went home. So <laughs> it, was, it was. just because my family were down, so I just went down for the day. But uh, so it wasn't eventful in terms of dating. It was just very chill. I just sat by the sea and read my book and stuff like that. So nothing too exciting.
0: No dates this week, Kira.
3: Um, I was supposed to go on a date with this like GAA player, yeah. uh, but I think that's next week now. So um, not this week now. Would that be started- Would
0: that be Tinder or something like that?
3: Tinder. Uh, no. Yeah, actually, Tinder. I did meet this guy though. Okay,
0: okay.
3: Um, we invited him over to my friend's house, uh, a weekend or two ago. Um, Gaelic, so- Gaelic
1: or hurling, Kira.
3: <laughs> Gaelic,
1: what? Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> who does he play for? Are oh, we allowed to ask? who No, he we
0: for we can't ask that. We can't ask that, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, is he one of the so-called weaker counties? Leitrim? Is that something impressive? <laughs> Longford, um, you know, Carlow, Blair. or is he, you know, play for Kerry? Dublin, male, top tier. Are we going to see him at the All-Stars, Kira? That's what we want to know. Are you going to be a wag at the next <laughs> GA event?
3: A wag? What's a wag?
1: A wag is a wife and girlfriend of any elite sports star.
3: Oh, no. Maybe. <laughs> it's in your future. <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll see.
0: <laughs> okay, well, K- Kevin, who knows, maybe a high-powered European woman will have you at her uh, ceremony. No need to be sexist about this. Uh, Kevin, how has your time been over in Albania? Pretty eventful, I'm led to believe.
1: Yeah, hot and sweaty. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculously warm here. It's about 40 degrees today and insanely humid. The most humid it's been, actually, since I first touched down here. But two weeks ago um, on the dating wise, I did go out on a date with an American girl who was Ooh. called Rachel Kelly. It was it was fun. It was eventful. It was enjoyable. There's a curfew here at 12 a.m., but she's been living here for some time and she knew what she only described in the most American terms as a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. So we ended up in like a shopping center overlooking the city with like a lot of old Albanian men just drinking brandy till about four o'clock in the morning. Uh, it was it was enjoyable, it was good fun. How did you meet and, at- uh At a party, uh, it was a nightclub, and we just kind of went back from there. It was, yeah, it was what? really good fun. It was strange being back at a concert, like the first time I've been in, in one in like 15 months. Uh, mm. It was like a Roma Gypsy team night. It was a bit bizarre. It was really cool setting though. And uh, yeah, I think I was definitely going back to that nightclub, it's only open on the weekend. So that was maybe last Friday night. And this week, I do have a date lined up with a girl from Georgia, the country, not the state. And uh, funny enough, she was actually the air hostess on my flight here from Rome, my stopover flight, and I matched her on Tinder. So that has still still all up in the air, if you pardon the pun, but uh, I'll let you know how that goes next You've week. You've
0: really come into your own in terms of the dating yes. scene, kevin
1: I know my hot boy summer is absolutely insane. I'm really enjoying it.
0: Well, as Chet yeah, Hanks would say, you're, "Yeah, your white boy summer." And um, I'm wondering, <laughs> Kevin. Uh, I'm wondering, Kevin. Uh, talk to me about the approach you made on this American girl. Okay, the the music is blaring. You're probably, you know, a few cans deep at this point. Is there was it just a, a general vibe? How did you actually make the first contact?
1: Number one, I'm on the continent. I'm doing as the Romans do, so it's a bottle of Peroni. Thank you very much, Shaq. But uh, there's no bag of cans over this part of the world. Uh, Basically, I just got talking to a group of Americans and they were quite good fun, surprisingly. That's what I thought at the time I was uh, under some influence of alcohol. You know, there's a thing that Irish people and Irish men need to realize once they travel beyond Magaluf or Marbella is that Irish people actually possess a, a certain level of charm doesn't work in Irish women because they see tr- see right through the absolute BS that is the nonsense that Irish men come out with but I was just speaking and talking and she said she had a an American aunt or aunt or whatever she's quite an annoying accent actually now in hindsight and uh, her aunt was called uh, Siobhan so I just get a lot of mileage out of my own name so that's okay. that's basically my go-to uh, I'd like to thank my parents for that one. But it I, I kind of just got me going for quite some time. And just having an Irish accent just works so well. Like, you just could read out the fo- the telephone directory and you're going to get somewhere. Did Not you, to the ultimate you, end goal, but, you know, somewhere, somewhere enjoyable.
0: Did you name drop your radio fame back here in Ireland? Did you use any of that? Or did you just go off what she could see in front of her? Uh,
1: yeah, it was... Basically, just face value. I didn't really speak much of my uh, <laughs> my illustrious broadcasting career, which is uh, going further and further down the toilet. The more I appear on your show, Jack.
0: And um, the Kira. No, okay, I, we're I, gonna I go didn't. to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, Kevin. Okay. So uh, the, the next day, next day, we're talking about um, you are. What's this? What's this? Is it a? This is your flight stewardess that that uh, you are now making an approach on.
1: Yeah, this is, this is a, a Tinder Tinder job. Um, yeah, <laughs> she's from Georgia, so she's quite cold and aloof, certainly via text. But I met her on the plane, and it's kind of one of these remarkable things. You go on a flight now in the, the COVID era, I have a dreadful issue of like falling asleep and drooling all over myself. But because you have to wear a mask, it just covers up all the drool. And I just, as soon as I get in a plane, I fall asleep. It's fantastic. And I just wake up in a different country. It's brilliant. And I woke up, usually in normal times, I wake up covered in drool, like riddled, riddled with anxiety, wondering, did people hear me snore? And like, what the hell is this sweaty, drooly gentleman sitting beside me for? But because of COVID, I had a mask. So I just sw- swapped out my mask and put on a new one. And I'd also left the, you know, the aisle seat, or no, sorry, the window seat, the a uh, window itself down because i was of course resting my eyes and uh, she came by and she kind of like just pointed at me but as the well-traveled young man that i am jack i mm-hmm. instantly put up the thing she gave me you now a thumbs up and was like wow this is a this is a cultured young gentleman and uh i kind of just then said, said hello to her on the way out of the plane and then lo and behold a few days later matched her on tinder she's based here in tirana and is flying for Wizz air who are a dreadful airline. It's <laughs> make Ryanair look like Concorde. It's it's really quite something, but insanely cheap flights
0: well I think we must also be careful here Kevin because the two women you have uh, had a shot with that you've d- told us about on this program you've also then gone and slated you uh, called the other one annoying I believe and you've yeah. just called oh. the, you you just called this one uh, working for some sort of shoddy airline so we'd, we'd advise you to put the brakes on that final finally Kevin before we get into the meat and uh, bones of, of tonight's uh, conversation I wondered so you're back on Tinder I suppose that should be the headline isn't it when did you join Tinder, how's your Tinder going?
1: Dreadful, dreadful, absolutely awful. Um yeah, it's not really a thing here. It's not popular at all in Albania. It's more so just, just kind of just meeting people, getting out and about, going for a drink or something. But it's yeah, it's it's not a not an app I enjoy. It's not an an app I come across well in, let's just say that.
0: Well you don't have a picture of you in the studio, you uh you know enjoying a night out in Albania. What are your pictures like?
1: Actually, it's a picture my sister took of me because I had no pictures. <laughs> uh it was just a, just a general, generic kind of picture of me in a shirt standing in the living room. Uh that that's about it. And there's another one as well. Uh, maybe on my travel somewhere. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I, I don't have people that take photos of me. I don't have many photos. And uh like even the only photo that I I, I keep on like throwing out there, my friend from Chile just took a photo of me when we were out in Poland, in Krakow. And I've just been dining on that now for, I'd say, about three and a half years. And that'll probably just keep me going until I'm about 42.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, uh, with all of that being said, I suppose it's time to get in to the actual topics and the dilemmas to deal with today. Firstly, I'm wondering, and I think this is probably the headline of today's show: money, uh, money, money, money. And um, it, it's typ- typical that money will play a huge role in the people you date, especially for guys, but also for women. Um, and I'm wondering for both of you, we'll go to Kira first. Does your partner, is it important that they make more money than you?
3: Um. personally, I think I would like to make more money. So I feel like I'm kind of one up in them, you know, um. I don't know. Um. I think I think I don't really care about money so much. Um. I'd like to think I don't. But I feel like it's one of those situations that when you're actually with someone and they were making more or less money than you, you'd be kind of like, oh no, I don't want that. Or like, it would kind of put you off or give you the ick or something. Hmm. Um. yeah, I don't know, so I,
0: yeah. But on on the flip side, if you always had to pick up the bill for this guy, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, that situation is described in Kanye's gold digger. If you have to wash up the plates after the dinner because your boyfriend can't afford to pay for it. If you're always buying him the latest PlayStation game or whatever, that must, you know, on the flip side, that must be quite an ick, I'd imagine.
3: I Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, actually. I feel like the best way to do it is if both partners who make an equal amount of money are near enough to, like, kind of split everything, go half-half. I think that's probably the most...
0: Uh, Kevin. to she-
3: thing. Kevin. Uh, people
0: can do in terms of money Kevin, for yourself, I'm sure You're you're a man that always has a, a lot of thoughts about this Of course, you're living it big in Albania I mean, five euro a week can You know, you're a superstar in Albania How would, do you see money in terms of dating and relationships?
1: Uh, it's funny that you mentioned where I am Because money really does come into it here an awful lot You have to kind of show that you have money There's a thing that, like a custom that you do as a man here in albania that you have to first of all take everything out of your pockets when you go to a bar and you show your newest iphone and you show your big fat wallet and uh, kind of just to showcase your wealth people are it's very superficial materialistic kind of unfortunately a lot of these post-communist countries are ireland is nowhere different people do judge you on what you're wearing but when you come from a western european country they kind of view you as already having a lot of money anyway they this, the euro is king I think in modern relationships, it's more and more the norm that the woman in the relationship is going to be earning more money. They're generally, as a population, more highly educated, uh, more career-oriented, and that can often threaten a man and the male ego if they are maybe feel like they're not going to be as successful, they don't have as many things going for them in life, and they're not going to achieve something as uh, anywhere close to what their partner has
0: Kevin There if... are
1: power couples There are power couples though, Jack Who are like both like two lawyers Or a lawyer and a doctor And they're about to take on the world But oftentimes women don't really want that They want to have a man who's maybe Works with his hands into a trade Self-employed, a farmer even You know, it's something that We have to kind of maybe move away from That the man is going to be the breadwinner Because ultimately in modern day Ireland even two successful professionals can't even afford a mortgage.
0: Kevin, uh, I'm wondering, so if your wife or your partner is going around in the latest Audi, the latest Merc, and you're going around in some poor Saab or some, you know, kind of uh, Subaru or something like that, surely, I mean, as as a man, y- you, want, you want to be doing a little bit better than your wife, surely?
1: Yeah, but necessarily, Does it have to be a competition, Jack? You know, um, you're going to be spending your entire life with this person, hopefully, if it works out well, and you're going to want to see them succeed and not really be threatened by it or feel jealous and kind of celebrate their victories. The rising tide lifts all boats. And if you're in a relationship like that where you're feeling threatened and you're getting hurt by their success and their wealth and their uh, opportunities in life, then you maybe have to reflect upon yourself and think, it's not really for you. There's something deep within yourself that's possibly quite unhappy.
0: It's certainly a interesting scenario. I mean, a lot of data from the US suggests that women who make over 100 grand a year find it very difficult to date below. And it actually is kind of goes with this uh, trend where, of course, as you're making 100 grand a year, you're probably reaching your 30s you know and maybe mid to late 30s you're doing very well professionally but it can actually have quite a devastating result in terms of dating you know uh, women who put their career so much to the fore can maybe find it a little bit difficult to then actually settle down and have other aspects of their life like a family Kira, would that be a concern to yourself about maybe putting your career so much forward that uh, maybe you obviously you know you would then have a perhaps a difficulty with the family or things like that?
3: Um, I think for me, definitely to be honest, because I know that whatever career I do end up doing, I'm gonna put like 100% of my time into it, at least for the first couple of years. So I know like definitely when I was younger, I always said like, oh, I don't care. I I don't care about um having a family or get married or any of that as much as I would care about my career. So I feel like in this day and age like it's quite empowering to have like women who have like strong careers and who can like build themselves up and stuff like that and be like kind of role models for like younger women then um I definitely kind of I feel like that's more attractive to me than kind of quality time with uh, family and stuff like that but then again if I was to have like a family when I'm older then I would definitely try to balance it out but I would love to spend like a good few years in a career first like work my way up until I have that kind of level of respect where I can kind of balance it.
0: Okay, okay. Next topic, and we'll stay with you for this one, Kira. your partner. So, you know, you meet some great guy on Tinder or wherever down at the shop and things are going flyingly, they're going excellently. He invites you to some sort of party, some sort of gathering, and then he makes fun of you in front of a group what is what would you do in that scenario a partner makes fun of you in in front of a group of peers a group of friends would that be a difficult thing
3: uh yeah but like i think you also have to think about where they're coming from because like what if somebody just says something without meaning to and they didn't uh try to make fun of you intentionally um like i feel like i wouldn't make a big deal out of it in the moment because that would make you look bad and then it would cause attention to you and your partner maybe having a fight. So I feel like, like I wouldn't say it at the moment, but I would pull them aside later and uh, tell them that I felt uncomfortable with what they said. Because I feel like definitely um, acting out in situations like that is definitely not never the best situation um, and can cause more drama than needs be.
0: So yeah, you'd you'd maybe let it skate once or twice, but I suppose if it kept happening you'd have to give them maybe a, a slap upside the head or at least a strong talking to. <laughs>
3: um yeah, but then again I, I still wouldn't give out to them from of a group of friends i would definitely pull them aside and then i would if, if it continues and they do have consistently like bad behavior and are constantly putting you down it's probably because like they're insecure and then that's definitely a talk you'd have to have and maybe after a while you definitely become like so una- like so unattractive enough that like i don't think i would be able to be in a relationship with someone like that
0: Kevin, yeah, these, uh, I think. The, wait, wait, wait. Let me set this up. These European oh, honeys that uh, you're going around with the air stewardess. <laughs> she then she takes you into whatever the uh, pilots club is, and but then she makes fun Co- of you. You could have said the
1: cockpit there. Yeah.
0: Uh, yes, uh, she makes fun of you <laughs> in fr- in front of her air stewardess friends, and she kind of belittles <laughs> you. What do you do?
1: Um. I don't know i will probably go with it to be honest uh it's that sounds like an unbelievable opportunity uh like that's very very close to entering into the mile high club but apart from that i think when this is a situation that you do find yourself in it oftentimes repeats itself and it's really going to be something you're going to be aware of before you meet the person but if it's one in which that it's a friend or a partner that is consistently doing it it's the best opportunity to say it before you meet up with a group of friends just say hey you know sometimes I feel like you might put me down in a group it would be okay if you know you're aware of that and it doesn't make me feel great because it's much better to do that beforehand to preempt the strike as opposed to saying it afterwards because then it becomes an argument and the person will deny it and they will like totally invalidate your own feelings because they will try and maybe change the reality and kind of question what you're what you went through but yeah if uh, the Georgian Aeros test does that to me I'd be absolutely delighted
0: I suppose it depends though as well I mean you know it depends on how close the uh, trait or whatever they're making fun of is to you like if they kept making fun of the fact that you work in community radio or that uh, you're into radio maybe that's a little closer than making fun of the t-shirt you're wearing
1: Yeah, of course, because it's something that uh, your, your occupation or something your, your career is driven towards, then might hit closer to the bone. And then you have to ask yourself, why are they bringing that up? Uh, do they feel maybe a bit insecure about what they want to do in life, unsure of their own life goals? They're not in the place they want to be. They've hit the right societal basis, and ultimately, they're not as happy as they wanted to be, or they're having difficulties in their work life. And they're using you as kind of a battering ram. Oftentimes that is the case within groups. Irish people will dismiss it entirely as slagging, blackguarding, having the crack. But if you're putting somebody down, it's not messing. You're making them feel bad. Uh, Let them know that. But my advice would be to do it before it happens as opposed to after.
0: Okay, uh this is next one's very interesting. I'm wondering for both of you, are you okay with with your partner having friends of the opposite sex? Uh we will stay with you for this one. Uh one of these people you meet over there or indeed when you come back uh, to this country, everything's going flyingly, but it seems that they are still texting these male friends of theirs quite a bit. You have to maybe at some point uh, be a little bit jealous, be a little concerned by this, no?
1: Yeah, you would be, but you'd have to ask and communicate clearly what is the relationship. If it's a platonic friend that they've had since they were kids, then there wouldn't really be much of an issue with it. But if indeed it is uh, an ex-boyfriend, then that's a real red flag and something you should discuss openly with your partner and question why they're still in communication with that person. How would you no go longer in a how, relationship? With.
0: How would you go about stamping that out? Would you go straight to the male friend, maybe, you know, uh, throw a jab or two? Or would you go to your partner instead and try and explain your feelings to her?
1: Yeah, violence is always the answer, Jack, of course not. Um, you would go and uh, use your words and explain to them, I'm actually not that happy with you still talking to that person. Uh I I'm wondering if you still have feelings for them and if that is the case do you mind letting me know? That that sounds a bit possibly too passive in that scenario but without allowing emotions to kind of get over you uh that will aid in getting a clear answer from that person and if they kind of get defensive about it and start, you know, guarding their phone and becoming more and more secretive, then it's something that is going towards quite close to a, a deal breaker, in my view.
0: Kira, I'm going to go to you on this one as well. I feel like, and I'd put a lot of money on this, that you've probably come into this situation before.
3: Um, why, why do you think that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just uh, I I sense given what uh, Kevin doesn't like violence he seems like he's uh, well he's only really properly been in one relationship in the last uh, few years we've heard a lot more of uh, yourself and your opinions Kira so I'm going to assume that you may have had this, and also, I think as well, a guy to keep to his relationship, he wouldn't really have much control, but uh, I feel like a woman in the relationship has generally has a lot more power to maybe control who uh, her partner is in communication with.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Um, to be honest, like every time I've gone out with someone who would have a very close female friend, I wouldn't really get jealous unless there was a case that like they were going off for like a drive on their own or that kind of thing. But like, if they just had like a friend that they hung out with and like were really close with or even like posted pictures together or that kind of thing. Like I've been in situations like that where like I'm totally okay with it um, because I know they're just friends. Although it does help when that friend does have a boyfriend. Um, But I don't know, because there's some people, like there's some male friends that I would have that I would hope I could still stay close with, um, even if they were in relationships. Um, And I think it's kind of unfair that you can't stay friends with people when they get into uh, relationships, because it's just kind of like, why not? It's just like, because I feel like when we get a bit older, we should just like learn to like trust who we're with, or it's not going to work out. Like you should be able to trust that they can have a close friend and just stay close friends. Um, It's actually quite funny because this is something that like, I, I work with this guy and like we We were talking about this a lot like Like he would just be like yeah like If I was like uh, seeing Someone I couldn't just ask like another girl that I'm Close friends with to go for a drive with me kind of thing Because it would just look really like Suspicious
0: mm-hmm. This I must say this uh, latest segment is, is much too liberal I'm, Like we could su- submit it <laughs> to the Huffington Post or something like this uh, For me at least I think That, that would be Uh, Yeah, it sounds, I would be much more on the other, on that uh, guy you work with side. I think uh, it's always going to be difficult until you're married. It's all, there's always going to be some, I mean, Kira, uh, you know, you could, you could have a great friend who's a guy, he's in a relationship, but then the minute he breaks up with the relationship, he looks around and he says, hey, me and Kira get on great. And suddenly uh, whoever you're with now has to be concerned about this guy that you were once just friends with
3: uh yeah i guess because i don't think that way i just kind of presume guys don't but i know a lot of guys do um see the thing is if i'm like most of the time if i'm friends with someone it's because i want to be friends with them be not like i wouldn't want something more so like i you know like i would kind of expect guys to be the same or hope that they would be um yeah but you're right in that situation but then To be honest, I'd rather pick a friend over a boyfriend. Like if I had a jealous boyfriend, I would rather dump him and stay friends with my friend.
0: Okay, okay, right, next one, um, you're, uh, oh yes, okay, um, I'm wondering, for both of you, and this is an interesting, because I listen to a segment on News Talk every week on Sean Moncrief's show, and a lot of their problems seem to come into the vein of, I'm very liberal, I went to Trinity, blah, 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 so I believe in all these things, but I just wish my partner would be more masculine, or I wish my partner would be more feminine. For both of you, and I'll go to Kevin on this, because I'm sure he's going to be very very interesting Kevin your girlfriend starts you know I don't know chopping wood uh, talking about spurs a bit uh, you know she starts <laughs> t- doing things that would be considered much more masculine surely one of the lads one of the lads exactly and she starts using terminology like that sharing lad Bible posts surely <laughs> there there has to be is that a breaking point for you or certainly a point of friction right?
1: I wouldn't think so. Uh, I would be more than happy to engage in uh, talking about Spurs. Uh, I remember in the Times, Cleavage Thursday was was top of the priority on Lad Bible, the good old days. And if she was chopping wood, it doesn't even have to be mine. If she could make something quite nice and out of wood, what's the harm in it? Like, you know, I I wouldn't see any issue there. Um, We're not all going to be the same sort of stereotype of whatever a gender is supposed to be. And I... Don't feel that it's a major issue if your partner is going to be assuming roles that society bases their gender to have to do do within a daily life. Uh, You know, a woman nowadays is not going to want a guy who's refusing to bring his plate up to the dishwasher and expecting her to to just put it in there for him. They're not going to have any time for a guy who won't clean up after himself to a certain degree or be able to make anything better than eggs on toast. So if a woman wants to do what are perceived to be uh, male-dominated tasks within a masculine kind of way, then I don't really don't see an issue. It's 2021. You can do whatever the hell you want, whatever your skills, interests, hobbies are. I don't think what is between your legs should really hold you back.
0: Okay, well, uh, pretty much a predictable answer there from Kevin. Kira, I wonder with you, as I say, this uh, segment on Moncris program seems to often be women writing in and saying, you know, I just wish my husband would put up a bookshelf. We keep having to spend money on all these people coming in or I wish he would cut the grass or do all of these things. How does um, masculinity factor into your choice of partner?
3: Um, I would like to say that and um, because of the day and age that we're in that I wouldn't care so much about whether my partner is masculine or feminine, because people can be whatever they want. But at the same time, I definitely would gravitate more towards masculinity because it's just more attractive. And I don't know if that's just something like a, bi- a biological thing that like women are more attracted to men who are masculine. I think it definitely is. But um, I think. I, it definitely, like, yeah, I don't know, like a man who could put up a bookshelf, that's, um, like, it would just be attractive, I don't know, like someone who you know could take care of you if you're in trouble, like, it's just, I, like, I feel bad thinking that, but I definitely would gravitate more towards a masculine person.
0: But well, there we go. It's very, very interesting and uh, perhaps proves some of Kevin's wacky theories incorrect. The final one, your, your partner starts posting things you disagree with online. Now, this is very, very interesting. I mean, you can have it from both sides. You could, uh, you know, start posting Nigel Farage fan pages or Greta Thunberg fan pages. It could be anti-vax. It could be, you know, Pfizer's latest press release. But they start posting things online you don't disagree with this is going to reflect on you your parents might even see it if it's on facebook something like that do you have control or do you have any authority or any position to factor into your partner's social media postings kevin
1: no it's their social media profile they can do whatever they want but you are well within your right to call them out in it and make fun of them in person and uh, you don't have to be a total tool about it but you can kind of question it, ask them why, and if it's something that they really feel deeply about UKIP or an anti-vax kind of idea, then you're in the wrong relationship. Well, I'm—I would probably, in this hypothetical scenario, be in the wrong relationship. I'm sure it probably suit you quite well, Jack.
0: Well, it, exactly, it would because you know what, Kevin, I'm open to everybody and and anybody because uh, we're open on this program and accepting Kira yourself um, you know maybe you don't hold these political views or maybe you don't oppose the political views but your friends start saying to you yeah listen john is he's saying a lot of crazy stuff online geez that's that's a bit out there would you then maybe have a word with your partner say he's posting you know um trump is gonna get back in 2024 or whatever
3: oh my god you know what's so weird my um my ex's name was John, and he used to post stuff like that. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, what, yeah, what did no, he post, Kira? What?
1: What did he post?
3: He used to post stuff um, anti-abortion, um, uh, Trump supporter, anti-vax, um, didn't believe in COVID for a while. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, he was, he was a bit of a psychic. Has he ever uh, done a radio <laughs>
0: appearance? <laughs> no,
3: no, 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 no. Um, again, yeah, no. <laughs> I can give you his contact number if you want and <laughs> you can invite him on your radio. It's interesting. <laughs> well,
0: um, so Kira, obviously that proves that, uh, was that the downfall of the relationship or does it prove that maybe you're kind of impervious to whatever they decide to post in their own time?
3: Well, no, I definitely, I definitely care about what they post. That was a, non-relationship relationship relationship. i don't really know what it was to be honest but definitely if i really liked someone and they had such like such differently strong opinions i definitely couldn't see myself being in a relationship with them if they posted stuff like that i definitely like if it's something small that they posted like i can't think of an example but something small that maybe like like a minor political thing that's not like a big big thing um then definitely it wouldn't be such a big issue even if my friends were like oh my god did you see what he posted or something like that i'd be like oh it's fine as long as it's not something that actually affects like ethics of human beings whereas i feel like certain certain things that they could post couldn't could be like i'm not gonna say dumb but like i i don't know i just couldn't i couldn't i couldn't be with someone who posted things completely opposed to what i believe
0: okay okay well that was certainly informative off the rails at times uh, text us in if you heard many of kevin's double entendres he is not um quiet about them anyway thanks to both of you for coming on this is excellent as always
3: thank you very thank you, Jack. much
0: Jack. there we go we'll be back after this Yes, you are very welcome back to the programme. We're drawing uh, to a close here, just one minute to midnight. So I think, uh, yeah, that uh, roughly brings us to the end of the programme. Thanks, as always, to Kate Turner, to our guests, um, of course, and thanks to Kevin and Kira for their very interesting and informative dating dilemma, hopefully we'll see Keeveen back on Irish shores soon enough he's uh, undergoing medical well he's going undergoing a dentistry treatment, um, so we're hoping that he'll be back here and uh, we can get him into the studio for a while as well of course, uh, as I say we are just about up for time it's midnight now, so hopefully you all have a, a nice rest of the evening, we will hand you over to the CRCFM station playlist and of course we'll be back here for our final day of the week Thursday of course tomorrow is Thursday half 10 to 12 so we'll see you then until then uh, here's a bit of whatever the playlist decides see you tomorrow